The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. Teacher, tell us then, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus may have escaped the trap the Pharisees had set for him, but he left a saying that has trapped Christians ever since. Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things which are God's. The trap comes when we try to figure out what things belong to the state and what belong to God. And the trap is made even more complex in the United States because of our notions about the separation of church and state. The doctrine of separation implies that some things do belong to the state and other things simply are spiritual things, presumably belonging to God. We can identify pretty easily the things that are in the state's domain, taxes, obeying the law, jury duty, voting, and all the rights and duties of citizenship. Since laws and regulations govern pretty much all of our daily life, that doesn't leave very much room for God, except maybe those vague and fuzzy notions of spirituality. What does spirituality mean anyway? Most folks probably couldn't say for sure. Another trap is to take out the separation, to say there's no need for separation because America, and when we think of America as a godly nation, America is, well, godly, isn't it? It says so right on the dollar bill. In God we trust, and in the Pledge of Allegiance, one nation under God, God bless America, we sing. The president has identified enemies and called them evil, implying that God is on our side. In other words, we seem to know for sure what God thinks, which incidentally would make us equal to God. In this trap, the words of Jesus are transformed into give to America the things that are God's because that's what God wants anyway. Compare that to the first commandment, if you will. You have, shall have no other gods before me. But yet there's another trap in this. And to give everything to God because everything is God's. And the trap here is not that it's wrong to think that everything is God's and that ultimate obedience is owed to God. It's absolutely right to think that way. We're here in church today precisely to remember that everything is God's. No, the trap lies in who it is who's telling us to give everything to God. And just what is it that we're talking about? Is it a God who would want workers at an abortion clinic shot? Is it a God who hates gay people? Is it a God who would want the president to verbally, verbally 
goad the president of North Korea into a nuclear war? Is it a God who wants us to stir up the wars in the Middle East to bring about a second coming? Is it a God who has reserved the West Bank for the Jews, for Jewish settlements, no matter how many Arabs get pushed out? Is it a God who would direct followers to hijack planes and fly them into skyscrapers? When someone tells you God demands everything, you better watch out. Somehow we get out of our traps about the church and states, but how is it? Let's go back to the story of Jesus and see how he did it. His request for a coin and his cryptic words were not just a clever ploy to get us get his accusers off his back. This story actually is a rather typical way that Jesus deals with issues. In fact, he places in the first place, he gets very specific. He uses a, a coin instead of giving a lecture or even a sermon. And then in that specific instant, he carves out a creative third way between either on the one hand or another way. We always assume that questions are either one way or another, either black or white. That's our assumption. At the very end, he is, Jesus is still doing that same trick of coming up with a third way. Are you the king of the Jews? Instead of answering yes or no, he says, you say that I am. The cross on which he was executed was supposed to get rid of him. The cross was to be the final no of the emperor. And he turned it into God's triumph, a sign of yes. Unfortunately, <clears throat> I'm not always able to think of those creative third ways to deal with conflicting demands upon me. So what, so what do you do when we don't know what to do? What do we do when we get caught between Caesar and God or when we don't know what is Caesar's and what is God's? I was having lunch with a friend yesterday and the conversation caused him to recall <clears throat> an event in his childhood which had had a terrible impact on him. <clears throat> when he was nine years old, he came home one day to find out that his father had died. And because on the next morning his mother had much to do, she decided to pack him off to school anyway. Where one of his teachers, <clears throat> pardon me, in an effort to to comfort him said you know this is all part of God's plan and he has some good purpose in this he was naturally crushed to think that God wanted his father dead and that by killing his dad something good was intended that shaped his entire relationship with God even into adulthood we're on pretty shaky ground any time we presume to know what is on God's mind. 
What is more, to think that God meddles in our daily lives by manipulating history is a frightening thing to me. I think most of our lives are spent in neither the black or the white, but rather in the middle gray area when we face issues which require a moral or ethical decision. Also, I'm never quite as quick as Jesus with comebacks to define a better way of looking at things, but rather live my life muddling through, many times not realizing the implications of my actions until after the fact, if even then. Nevertheless, the essential message of the Bible is that God is in charge of history. But my actions are still my responsibility. I am a part of that history, and my decisions will affect what happens in the course of history. We decide what history will be when we make political decisions, moral and ethical decisions because we will, consciously or unconsciously, decide what belongs to God and what belongs to the emperor. That takes nothing away from God's participation in history to use my actions, however fallible, to his own good. Let us pray that we will learn that third way of Jesus, not to get caught in the trap between the two things. That living in the gray areas between black and white, we will find those creative third ways between conflicting claims on our souls. But know that even if we get it wrong, we don't get it so wrong that God can't use it to his own most blessed good. Amen.